Hey, everybody, this is Ben Bowman and Alex Titus. Welcome back to another episode of The Oregon Bridge. All right, folks, special episode today. We have a big announcement to make. There's some big changes going on at the podcast. Alex, do you want to break the news to our listeners? I do. So for sort of personal reasons, for family reasons, and a few other reasons, I have relocated from Oregon to Florida. So I've been in Florida for the past couple of months. You may have seen it's also very sunny in my background, which I guess it's actually summer in Oregon right now. So it's still pretty nice. But yeah, for the time being, I will be stepping back from the role of podcast host. We will be bringing in someone else to take the conservative position. I will still be helping Ben with Oregon 360 and with the newsletter, which we'll talk about in just a little bit. So you will still see my byline on the newsletter. I still read a ton of news about Oregon. It's actually crazy how much I still read about Oregon. (laughs) But yeah, unfortunately... I would say that the podcast will likely become a lot less conservative. It will become a lot more (laughs) rhino. So why is that, Alex? Because we have our brand new host, dun dun dun. Reagan Canope. Reagan, welcome to your new role as co-host. This is the most important new role that you've accepted in recent weeks as co-host of the Oregon Bridge podcast. That's 100% right. Yes, (laughs) Uh, it feels great. I want to thank my family and the Academy. This is an incredible honor. Alex, I don't know how the podcast is going to get less conservative. I know that you help Ben prep all of his positions anyway, since you're well-versed in (laughs) being a liberal, but I'm happy to do the best that I can to hold down the conservative side of the podcast and ask good common sense conservative questions. My joke was going to be that Alex spent the day yesterday on the phone with Andrew Yang and the forward party recommended Reagan (laughs) as the third party (laughs) co-host of the Oregon Bridge. It'll be like five people who get that joke. (laughs) That's that's true. Probably a good thing. Only five people get that joke. But yeah, we adhere to a very strict two-party, two-house system here at the Oregon Bridge, so we don't allow fringe parties like the Ford Party to have discussion <laughs> here. Yeah, so going forward, Reagan will be taking over that role. I will still be serving as a guest host for some occasions, and I will be the host for a couple of episodes coming out over the next month or so. I will also actually be doing an episode live with Ben from his house. This actually... It will be recording probably on the same day as this episode is released. Mm-hmm. So how's that going to work, Ben? Where Where's my station going to be? We really haven't figured out. Like, it feels weird if, like, we're both on the same Zoom screen and I'm, like, sitting here <laughs> and you're right next to me. So you might be sitting in my living room and I'll be in my office and we'll do it that way. But it, Now, people... Ben, do you have to burn sage in the room before he's there or after <laughs> or both? Lots of deep cleaning goes on to make sure that the Republican doesn't stick anywhere in the house. But that actually is a good transition. Oh, I thought actually. that was a marijuana joke. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> do you have a, a habit that you haven't told me about? The actual question, Reagan, for you is you actually were in the news recently because you've been hired as the next chief of staff for the Oregon Senate Republicans. In fact, I think you start probably next week is your first day. So the first question is like, Can you, before we talk about that role and how that'll work with the podcast, there was some controversy about this in the paper. Can you catch us up to speed? What was the controversy and then how did it get resolved? Yeah, so there's a question about nepotism law and how it affects the Oregon legislature. And I'm not a lawyer and I don't give legal advice, but Senator Knope reached out to a lawyer who does give legal advice in legislative counsel. And what they said was the practice of the legislature is that all offices that have 
that answer to a single member, basically they consider that staff of that member. And so if the individual member has hiring and firing privileges, then it falls under the nepotism exception for the Oregon legislature because pretty common practice in the legislature in all offices that people will hire family members. It's a bipartisan practice that goes back quite a while, as far as I know. I'm not sure when it started. I know that this version of the open meetings law and a lot of the reforms that happened after Watergate did include some of this language, but they put that exception in there because the legislature has functioned that way for a long time. And as far as I know, there hasn't been any issues with that. So looking forward to starting, looking forward to this new role and opportunity to serve the the Senate Republicans and Leader Canope. And so it's going to be a lot of fun. This is my first time back in the building, left the building in 2015. So it's been like seven years since I was there. So I'm interested to see what's the same and what has changed at the Capitol. A couple interesting things that came up in the, in the process. One, for my understanding, and again, I don't know the timeline either, but my understanding is like one of the reasons why the legislature granted themselves an exception was because back in the old days, and I mean like 20, 30 years plus, like members from Eastern Oregon, Southern Oregon districts would literally like move to Salem basically during the session. And they would bring a, their spouse would basically be their legislative assistant. That, that was even super common 10 years ago. I mm. think it's changed a little bit since then. But the other thing, so I thought that was, that, that's like interesting context of why I think the law is the way it is. Also, I've, I, and I don't know if this is explicitly or implicitly part of it, but you're going to be making way more money than your dad is as your dad, as, as your boss, which is also, I think was part of the design too, was like legislators can't live on, if you're counting on the legislative salary, you can't. So they'd hire their spouse and then that would help you know, bolster their household income. I don't know if that was ever explicitly stated that way, but I, my understanding is that was implicitly part of it. Um, not, not in the, it wasn't in the opinion that the Senator received, but it didn't go into legislative history really, um, except for history of like other people who've employed staff in their caucus offices that were family members. So and that's um, I don't intend to support my dad unless he really needs it. Um, so, dad, just let me know if you're hurting. Happy to help that, out. That, that is I the true to. conservative welfare state. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was going to say, like, you're obviously not a member of your father's household. Like, you're at your own house. And where, where are you living, Reagan? I live in Albany, uh, just outside of the city limits. I've got sitting out here on my front porch where it is something like, let's check my Apple watch and see like 97 degrees outside because I don't have any light inside my house because I'm currently renovating it. But yeah, sitting out here looking at my four acres and the very extensive mortgage that I have to pay to keep this four acres. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so last question on this, and then we'll talk a little more about podcast logistics. So you're obviously working for a partisan political office. I will yeah. hopefully knock on wood if I have my way and you both don't. We'll be holding partisan political office come January. <laughs> so um, that red wave gets in the way. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it, it stops and tigered. But we should talk a little bit about how we see our roles interacting with the podcast or not interacting with the podcast. Obviously, Alex and I started the podcast before I was running, before I knew I would be running. And the goal of the podcast was to bring interesting people on to have useful conversations that improve Oregon's political culture. That was basically like our premise. I think that is exactly what we hope to continue doing. But I was curious, Reagan, if you had thoughts on like how you'll be approaching the role of podcast host, given your other political involvement. 
Well, I do want to start with how I want to approach chief of staff, because obviously I'm working for Republicans. I have Republican viewpoints. You know, I want to see Republican priorities move forward in the Capitol, both in the legislature and also working with the executive branch and everything that they do that impacts Oregonians day to day. But I don't think that my role there is to cause more partisanship. And so one of the things I intend to do is reach out to as many Democrats in the Senate that are willing to talk to me, staff and legislators like I have relationships with some of them already. And I want to continue to build those. I want to build new relationships with the people I don't know in the building, because I think one of the things I appreciate about the current Senate president, Peter Courtney, is he really cares about the Senate and the fact that it is kind of still even looked on it as a place where a lot of deliberation happens. Not that deliberation doesn't happen in the House. It's just that it's a smaller body. And so you can have some smaller different types of conversations than you can always in the house. And so I want those conversations to be good conversations. I want them to result in good public policy. And there isn't any reason we can't work with Democrats to accomplish that. And sometimes we're going to disagree and that's great. But as long as we understand that we want to have a respectful workplace and we want to do our best to work together for all Oregonians, even when we disagree, I think that's great. And so as transitioning to how to handle the podcast, it's kind of I don't spend a lot of time listening to, this is going to make me sound like a liberal, so I apologize, Alex, you can dunk on me for it. I don't spend a lot of time (laughs) listening to the talk radio. I don't spend a lot of time watching Fox News. Not that it's wrong to watch any of those or listen to any of those, but I get less value out of it than I do some of these conversations that we've had on the podcast before, some of the conversations I just have with people on all sides of the political spectrum, person to person. And so that's what I look at podcasts is it's a lot more like a person to person conversation than shouting, talking points. And so if we can continue to have these good conversations that you guys have been having, doesn't mean we need to come to a particular type of agreement, but it just means like all the sides are going to get heard. People can make up their own minds and then People in, in public office and who are trying to influence public opinion and law can continue to do what it is that they do to represent the constituencies and the issues that they care about. And so if we can, you know, I think we can do that successfully. And I think we can do it in a way, again, that's respectful of people's viewpoints and respectful of our agreements and disagreements. That's really well said. And I thank think- you, Ben. Hopefully, you're often wrong, but I appreciate that. (laughs) Uh, When I agree with you, I'm right, I guess. Um, That's correct. Yeah. I do think, though, like we like we'll hold each other accountable. Like if I think you're giving Senate Republican talking points instead of, you know, an authentic point of view, or if you think I'm doing partisan talking points, like those might not make the episode (laughs) as we'll talk about how the episodes work. But the goal is to not have this be a political kind of like talking points thing. But we really do want to have interesting conversations. And Alex, this is where you need to come in and demand that Reagan delete his Twitter account. So I'll give you the floor to do that. Yeah, we've uh, many conversations behind the scenes, <laughs> uh, lots of censorship going on. So, you know, right. You got to get off the tweets, Reagan. <laughs> I will try because I, I will be honest in my unemployed time. I definitely really enjoyed <laughs> Twitter. And I think that I'm going to enjoy it. I, I love the idea of un, an important uh, unemployed, job. unemployed Reagan dunking on people with his three likes he gets on Twitter. <laughs> so well, he's Twitter. got a Star Wars in the background with his Apple announcement happening. So sometimes I can get up to like 22 likes. It's really That's impressive. True. Actually, you did all. get Secretary Fagan did like your one tweet, which I thought was actually very funny where you said, what was it? The only person who hates the kicker more than Ben was it Mike Riley. <laughs> I don't remember I, the joke I do that remember I made the, about that the one was very funny. So I will give you credit for that. that oh that, yeah, that was, was a, that was that's right. Content. It was a it was convergence a football, of public policy yeah. and sports. That's yes, right. Yes, that was yes. very funny, Alex. I appreciate you uh, bringing that back up. It was. A I, I, I gave it a like. 
So <laughs> I think I may have liked so it. So did too. Secretary Fagan. So that was, you know, you got people from all sides on that one. So, but yeah, really excited to have Reagan as the next host. Ben and I have been talking about this for a few months and really trying to find the right person. Uh, and of course, you all have heard Reagan before on as a guest host and then episodes talking by himself. So we're really excited to have his insight and thinks he'll be able to continue on the tradition of good conversations, interesting conversations, and really deep diving into issues. And hopefully we stop talking about me. <laughs> okay, so actually to transition, one of the things we wanted to cover, we've we've alluded to this in previous episodes, Alex, but we've never actually given like a full explanation of how the podcast works in terms of how we prep, what stays in, what gets edited out. So I'll provide a little overview for how it works and then both of you can chime in. So basically, we try, generally speaking, to have a roughly equal number of Republican guests and Democratic guests. That's not a science. It's not a hard number. Obviously, sometimes we'll have several of one party in a row. And we're not like, oh, my God, we have 19 Democrats. We need to get three more Republicans. But just generally speaking, we're trying to have a balanced viewpoint. We also have some nonpartisan guests. We're not always going to interview both people in a race. So just because like we might interview someone in House District and interview their opponent, as we did in HD 53 with both Emerson and Michael. But there might be other races where we won't interview both people like we don't. We're trying to keep it broadly equal, but we're not going to be like we're not a publicly subsidized broadcast channel. So what we're focusing on is what we think will be the most interesting or most useful conversations. So that's part one. Part two is I think we've mentioned this, but. On our podcasts, we're very deferential to our guests. We don't consider ourselves journalists. And so what that means is usually we'll give some sort of outline of like, here are the five to seven topics we want to cover. I try to stick to those. Alex, historically, will still ask whatever he wants, even if they're not in the show briefing. And like, we'll also in the interview, allow a guest to like redo an answer. If they like screw something up or they stumble over their words, buddy, our editor will edit it out and remove the first take. And we even offer to guests the opportunity to like, if they say something they didn't like after the episode to email us and we'll remove it from the final posting. I think that's actually only happened one time. And it was very, I didn't think it was a serious thing. It was actually kind of just like phrasing of a word or phrasing of a sentence that got removed. But all that to say, like, we want this to be a place where people can have authentic conversations and not feel like they <laughs> have to stick to talking points. But Alex, anything you want to add to how we do it? Yeah. And I mean, we also try to bring people from pretty diverse backgrounds in terms of parties, right? Like we've had people who are really pro-Trump, Republicans who hate Trump. We've had people who really progressive, people who are more part of the democratic establishment, also just people with different backgrounds in general. And yeah, I mean, the whole reason that we do that too is one, most of these episodes last for around an hour. So I mean, it's a long sort of form dialogue. And of course, it's supposed to be that because we're not trying to be talk radio or whatever, where you say an answer in two minutes, and you get kicked off for the next guest. And yeah, too, we don't want guests to feel like there's a situation where it's like, oh, we're attempting to get you on something so that your opponent or the media or whoever can basically pounce on that statement, yeah. you know, to be able to do that. Like this supposed to be about good conversations, basically, and hearing interesting viewpoints that many of you probably agree with some and disagree with others. So but that you can really understand what people think and what people come from the background that they think to. 
So if folks have recommendations, we get uh, guest recommendations pretty frequently. Occasionally, we'll have people reach out and say that they want to be on the podcast. We welcome that. We can't guarantee that it'll happen, but email us. My email's on the liftoff every Monday that you should be all subscribed to on the Substack. I'll link to it in the description so you see it, but feel free to reach out if you have suggestions, feedback, etc. Which is a good segue into what we think and hope is the next phase of Oregon 360 Media. So refresher, Oregon 360 Media is the parent company. It owns and oversees the Liftoff Monday newsletter, the Way Friday newsletter, and the podcast every Wednesday. We are trying to move the company towards what Alex describes as professionalization to make it a real legit company. Our annual recurring revenue has grown pretty steadily over the last several months, and we hope and think we may be on the verge of winning a grant that would allow us to kind of accelerate our professionalization. We'll hopefully talk more about that if and when it comes together. But Alex, can you talk about what professionalization means and then potential sponsorship opportunities? Yeah. So in terms of professionalization, I think I personally think that this is the most interesting news and media experiment that's happening in Oregon right now in terms of what we're delivering with the podcast, in terms of what's being delivered with the liftoff, and then in terms of being what's being delivered with the way. And I think this is important enough where, you know, we do need to have someone who's basically working on this full time of that, you know, for 40 hours, 50 hours, 60 hours a week, whatever, they are just thinking about how to deliver more content, how to deliver better content, how to deliver better podcasts, better newsletters, more information, different types of newsletters, et cetera. So that's basically where we want to be able to move. And yeah, I mean, most of our support at this point has really just come from people who agree with what we're doing and just kind of want to be able to chip in. But yeah, going forward, there's a couple of areas that you know we would hopefully like all of our listeners to consider too. One is a paid subscription. We will put our link in the description to be able to do that on Substack. There is not too much gated content right now, but there will start being more consistent gated content on a monthly basis coming here shortly. And we have some really interesting political analysis and political insights that we're going to cover on some of the most important congressional races in the state. So that will come soon. That'll be delivered to your inbox. You'll have the chance also to subscribe directly from your inbox if you want, but please consider doing that. Second, we know we have a lot of associations, communications groups, et cetera, that listen to this podcast. We are actively looking for two sponsors who want to have a longer term commitment with us over the next year so that you know we can basically, again, help move towards that level of professionalization. So that's basically where we want to go. As Ben said, we're on the verge of a potentially really game-changing grant to be able to make that first piece happen, which is to have someone do this full-time. Again, we think it's a really cool business opportunity, obviously, but really important for the state as a whole in terms of the products that we're delivering. And then again, that paid subscription, if you can do that, 10 bucks a month, you know, that's basically how we've continued to get this started so far and show results and then also sponsorship opportunities. So if you have any interest in that, we can you know talk more about what that looks like and you can reach out. But that's kind of what we mean by the professionalization. And then last question of the podcast, Reagan, why do you like Marvel so much? Well, as you can see, I don't know if you could see when I started, I moved inside because it's hot outside, but I've got my Marvel t-shirt on. I have two or three of those. I've got some Tony Stark sunglasses. I got Marvel sweatshirts. So I'm a big fan specifically of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which I think is really unique in storytelling and movies where they basically connect an entire universe through first movies and now TV shows. So I really like to watch the different stories and how well they're told. I think Marvel does a specifically a good job bringing all these characters and adapting them onto screen in a way that 
DC, although they have better characters, I personally like the DC characters more. I don't like the adaptions that have been done on the screen as much. So it's really fun to watch the interconnectedness and of the movies, follow the storyline. And I created actually a, a, an Instagram account on Marvel where I can share all <laughs> the news and updates and fun things about it. So if anyone wants to email me to get the link to that, I'm not going to share it publicly. I was going to say pay, paging Democratic opposition <laughs> researchers. Who, who, knows, who knows what's posted on that that weird would, Marvel Instagram? I, I was going to say that that should be the next Oregon 360 Media newsletter subject matter is Reagan's Marvel Weekly Rundown. There must be at least two, three, maybe four people in Oregon politics who'd be willing to pay for that. Totally uh, disagree. I don't think anyone would ever pay for that. <laughs> Are you forcing your children to also love Marvel? I've shown my son um, the Spidey and his amazing friend show, which he enjoyed for a little bit, but he's kind of moved back onto Paw Patrol and Buzz Lightyear for the time being. <laughs> so my goal is to have it there and available as much as possible, but I'm not forcing him to like it, although Spider-Man is his favorite superhero. And so we have... A lot of fun with that but yeah no i just really enjoy the adaptions of the characters and the stories and how they're fun and and they're trying to make mix it up and make it different and so i think that that has caused a lot of people to to sometimes to say they're not interested because there aren't the iron man movies anymore and things like that but i still find it really interesting and a lot of fun so my goal is to deck out my capital office which is much marvel paraphernalia as i can find what's interesting is the only other office i know of that was Ridiculous like that was Senator Arnie Roblin. Arnie Roblin, yeah. Of Star Wars stuff in his office, which is always pretty cool. Um, so that's my goal is to have the cool Marvel office. So all three of us in the Capitol well, who enjoy Marvel can hang no, out No, no, no. There's, uh, <laughs> well, this is not Oregon related, but I was going to say that the old senator from Vermont, but Bernie Sanders is pretty old too. Uh, Patrick, Patrick Leahy. He's a huge Marvel fan. Yeah, and he appears in every, not every one of the videos, but I know he was like, this, I forgot what Marvel movie it was. There was like Wait, a terrorist attack in DC. It's not Marvel. Isn't it Batman? No, I'm pretty sure it was Marvel. Is it? Let's look this Wait, up. Reagan, how do you not know this? Uh, <laughs> this isn't... If it's DC, then I'm going to draw a blank here. Patrick Leahy movie. No, it's Bat. It's Batman. He's been in five Batman movies. Oh, and devastating. That's right. Like, there's a lot there's a, and there's a Batman lot of information. And Batman, the animated series, apparently. This is fascinating. Yeah, there yeah. you go. So there's there's your fun fact of the day, listeners. Patrick Leahy, big Batman guy. Batman also not Marvel. So live fact checking for the fake news coming from Alex Titus over in Florida. He's already pulling the Ron DeSantis and just launching the <laughs> fake news. But that's about all we got for our episode today. Reagan, we're really excited that you're going to be coming on as a full time host for the pod. Alex, we will we will miss you, but I'm sure you're going to be present as a guest host and in other ways. Gentlemen, any final thoughts before we close? No, just thank you all again for listening. And yeah, we look forward to what's to come, which is better content, more content. And uh, there's a lot of exciting stuff. So thanks for the ride. Alex, we hope you enjoy Florida where literally everyone is moving to. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, okay, so Alex, if Republicans lose the governor's office by one vote and it's because you moved to Florida, how would you feel about that? Thankfully, this this podcast has turned millions of our liberal listeners into <laughs> hardcore conservatives. So I, I actually I take credit for Rep Drazen's poll numbers because of that. But we'll just let you have the last word on that ridiculous statement. But uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And we'll be back next week with uh, regularly scheduled programming. We've got some actually very interesting guests already booked. And uh, we hope you enjoy. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>